0: If you need help getting social security disability benefits, then this podcast is for you. Give me 15 minutes and I'll pull back the curtain on disability and reveal the secrets to winning I've learned over the past 25 plus years. Hi, I'm Jonathan Ginsberg and I'm a practicing social security disability lawyer. I want to help deserving claimants just like you win the benefits you deserve and not one penny less. Now, if you already know you need help today, go to ssdanswers.com for a free and confidential evaluation of your case. It takes just two minutes. That's ssdanswers.com, and I'd love to hear from you. Now, let's start the show. If you file for Social Security disability, be prepared to wait, and wait a long time. When you file, you may wait six months or longer for a decision. If you're denied and file an appeal called a request for reconsideration, you'll wait another six months for a decision on that appeal. File a second appeal to request a hearing, and you'll wait a year or possibly longer before you see a judge. Then after your hearing, you may wait two to four more months for a decision. And if you win, you may not see any money for another two, three, four, five months or longer. Now, what can be done about these ridiculous delays? Today, I'll be talking to a lawyer and her marketing consultant who have decided to take on the last leg of this process, Social Security's delays in getting you paid. Marin Bam, a disability lawyer in Washington State, and her marketing consultant, Rocco Luongo, tracked the payment delays and discovered that there are no written requirements that govern how quickly Social Security must get you paid, and as a result... There's no pressure on Social Security to move your money from their account into yours. Now, Marin and Rocco want to do more than just complain about this injustice. They've created a lobbying campaign and are enlisting the support of senators and members of Congress to hold SSA accountable. Today, we're going to learn just how big this problem is and what Marin and Rocco are doing about it and how you can help. So without further ado, here's my interview with Marin Bam.
1: And Rocco Luongo. Today, I have two guests um, with me to discuss a very interesting lobbying initiative. Uh, one is Marin Bam. Marin is a disability attorney in Washington State. She actually covers uh, 15 states out west, but based in Washington State. Um, and along with her is a gentleman named Rocco Luongo, who is a tech consultant, a marketing expert, also an engineer. A business development coach, and he and Marin have started a lobbying push, which we're going to talk about, to hopefully speed up the payment process. So uh, let me start with you, Marin. Marin, um, you, know A lot of us complain about dysfunction and delays in social security disability, and certainly we could spend a lot of time talking about uh, social security dysfunction because there's a lot of it to talk about. But unlike the rest of us who complain, you're actually doing something about this. And you and Iraq have created something called D.I.B. Deadline. So tell me about D.I.B. Deadline and what it is and, and kind of what the purpose of this is.
2: Thanks, Jonathan. So Rocco is my business coach, and we've been working together for just shy of a year now, and I wanted to take my business to the next level. So with his help, I actually am now just hitting five times as many clients as when I started with him, and we've seen amazing growth. But I still wasn't seeing cash flow stability. And Rocco, being an engineer, um, likes to do the math on things. I also really like to do the math. So we took it to the granular level. We were trying to figure out what could be wrong. And what we came back to was the challenge of not getting paid timely, the inability to plan for the future, to know when the next payment would come, and to be able to rely on a consistent cadence that, hey, if I do this many hearings, I make this much each month. I could see how much I could bill, but I couldn't see how much I'd receive. So I started Dib Deadline with Rocco because I asked everyone. I am not above asking help for help and for asking questions. So I posted in 10 different LinkedIn groups on the NAVR um, webpage on NASCAR, and then our state has one called WOSCAR, which is our claimant's representative no one had an answer. A few people had a couple things I hadn't tried. I tried those things. Nothing worked. I actually took it to my regional commissioner's office and got told to have my staff stop calling the payment center so much. And that's when I knew we needed to do more. Um, Thankfully, Rockwell has experienced a
1: lot of Let me break in real quick. Now, when we talk about payments, this is obviously payments for fees, but also payments, back due, past due payments for claimants as well, the folks we represent. They're not getting paid either, correct?
2: Correct. And that's actually a bigger problem because we can get by. We can pivot. We can do other things. Claimants can't. And I've had a horrific story of the claimants. I have a colleague whose claimant is a widow. Her significant other died. He died before he received benefits. He was approved 14 months ago. She hasn't seen a dime. Mm. I have. Clients who are young children waiting for survivors' benefits. Their father passed away in a horrific plane accident. Um, they waited seven months to get their payment.
3: And I the have a woman pay-
2: who's ten years, and I'm we got the we got a partial payment eight months later.
1: And how fast is it supposed to happen? What when after after an award is issued? How fast are the payments supposed to be made?
2: Well, every time I call, they tell me, oh, expect payment in 60 days. If you don't get it, call again. And you sit around waiting for 60 days. Um, I asked other reps. They all seem to get that same 60-day answer. There's nothing codified, though. There's nothing in writing. There's no process. But the response we get all the time is 60 days, 60 days. I never see 60 days.
1: What do you think is going on? What do you think in in the background? What do you think is happening? understaffed or or overworked or what's going on?
2: I think there's really two major issues. I think understaffing and lack of funding is always a a complaint when it comes to social security. But I think more of it is they've been tasked with clearing out the backlog and the backlog has been ill-defined. The backlog is to get a decision. And I don't think anyone realized the ramifications of pushing so fast to get people through to a decision process that, A decision doesn't mean there's money in their pocket and that they can survive. So they push really fast to get people through to a decision to meet the congressional initiative and their core objectives for their fiscal year 2018 through 2020 to get people approved. But clearing out the backlog actually means getting people paid. And I think that lack of definition and that lack of clarity is where the Social Security Administration is putting out what appear to be good numbers. The backlog is down, the backlog
1: is down, but they've actually created a new backlog. Hmm. And I know that, you know, from from where I sit, you know, sometimes we call the payment centers and we find they change the phone numbers. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, you'll call a number, you know, to the, we, they call them the mods. I guess you know, I guess it's, it's national, what, what's what they call them nationally. You know, the payment centers, we call them, and all of a sudden, the number we were using is no longer in service. Do you find the same thing? Have you had that happen, where the, the numbers I mean, change? That the- that and I
2: have had that happen. And, you know, we have we have the numbers go out of service. No one seems to know the appropriate place to call. Cases that are supposed to be in one mod are actually being processed in another mod, which without any notice or explanation, so you don't even know how to track it down. There is no process. When I reached out to the commissioner's office, I actually was trying to find out what's the process. How do I escalate this? And they said there is no escalation. There is no set process. Call the payment center and eventually you'll get
1: paid. And eventually your clients will get paid. Right. Wow. Well, what happens when they don't? Yeah. No, that, that's, I mean, obviously uh, they call, well, I know what they do. They call their lawyer, which they should do. And, of course, then we try to call to find out. And I've, I've had to go to the regional commissioner a few times as well, not only just to get hearing decisions issued when a, when a judge holds a hearing decision for 10, 12, 18 months We don't have a decision, but then, of course, when no money comes in, and you know, usually what's happened is it's it's slipped through the cracks. Somebody, you know, the income and resource interview for the SSI part was never done, and but nobody knows it wasn't done. Uh, Things like that, and because no
2: one's in charge of it, there's no one for you to call and notify that it wasn't done. There's
1: no one to talk to. So yes, so it is a problem. So it's not just getting attorney fees, but this is about uh, getting our clients paid as well. Which, as you said. It's more important because as attorneys, we have other things we could theoretically do. Uh, But if you're a disabled person, you're waiting, and this is a lifeline, truly. So tell me about DIB deadline. What is that? And Rocco, feel free to jump in. Uh, Tell us about DIB deadline, what it is, and kind of the the structure of this. thing. Yeah,
3: thanks, Jonathan. The DIB deadline, DIB deadline, actually is the Disability Benefit Deadline Initiative. And so we set this, it's, uh, it's an initiative, essentially, to... Uh, have a focused goal of lobbying so that we can have a law put in place that codifies the 60-day guideline that the SSA currently has in an actual law so that once a claim is decided, then it will be paid within 60 days. And the reason we did this is because As we said earlier, Marin's firm, she she wants to help people and she has a great reach and her win percentage is something like twice the national average because she's thorough and compassionate and she really cares about these claimants. The issue is that when you quintuple revenue but don't get paid in a timely base uh, manner your expenses don't wait for that money to come in so we found ourselves continually in this spot where cash flow was not supporting operations to continue to provide services and representation to claimants and we put processes in place for progressive remedy so that we could you know, Call the payment center constantly and honestly be a thorn in their side until, so, as Marin said, they told us to stop, um, which we didn't. We continued, but told right. us to stop. Yeah. And so, at that point, once we had literally exhausted all other remedy, we were having lunch talking about it and. Uh, a lobbyist that I'd worked with on a previous product development was there having lunch. And I just said, Hey, let's introduce these people. We got talking and we set up the structure for it and getting in sponsorships and donations to help us cover the expenses of lobbying because these benefits are for all claimants, right?
2: And for all representatives, for all of us, it would better the entirety of our practice. And as as Rocco mentioned, It makes it so that you can't continue to represent claimants, where we talked about how, as representatives, we can pivot. Somebody's doing, you mentioned a colleague doing black loan cases, or I have colleagues going into other areas of the law. That's less people who can represent these claimants in need because they can't afford to. And that's another issue, besides the fact that they're suffering to get medical treatment and to get housing because they don't have payments coming in. When attorneys and non-attorney representatives have to close their doors or move away to another practice area, these people are then going back to hearings unrepresented, which then creates another backlog with Social Security, decreases their chances of success, and starts a whole other problem besides the access to justice issue.
1: Absolutely.
0: Don't know where to begin? Get my free Secrets to Getting Approved Survival Kit. Inside the kit, I discuss such things as how do you know if you have a case, what to do if you're denied, how to avoid common mistakes, and my ever popular, how to avoid trick questions from the judge. Subscribing is free and easy. Just visit ssdanswers.com and look for the survival kit for instant access. Remember, time is eroding your position every day. Don't delay, act now. That's ssdanswers.com for your free survival kit.
1: Well, what what has the response been? I mean, this is, and by the way, um, I'm going to put this in the show notes, but there is a website, a very uh, attractive website you all put out, dibdeadline.com, which is, again, Disability Benefits Initiative, dibdeadline.com, and there's more information there. But what is the response that you've gotten both within the Social Security bar, attorneys who do this kind of work, as well as in the general community?
2: We've we've definitely gotten a great response from attorneys. This is something that they feel they need. Everyone has a story about a claimant who's suffering that they want to help, um, that they just can't get it resolved. Everyone shares their frustration in not having a process or a solution or a way to do this. Um, they also they also express concern that we may not be able to get this done. They express concern about the amount of money claimants are receiving in terms of their SSI benefits. So they also mention some other issues, but we're, we're sticking to this one because we think it's mainly a nonpartisan issue. Um, I've been a bit disappointed by some of our national organizations that they are not willing to take a concerted approach to this um, they seem to not quite understand the nuances specifically they focus on increased lobbying for the Social Security Administration I absolutely think they need more funding the problem is the budgets already set for next year so anything that's being done to increase lobbying will have no impact until 2022 and if it's not tied to a specific action, we're going to end up where we are right now, where it's currently tied to clearing out the hearings backlog, and that we're creating this new backlog. So the the challenge that I've seen is um, the national organizations aren't willing to take a concerted approach, Um, but the positive I've seen is that representatives nationwide, we have about, I want to say that at the last count, we have representatives from 13 different states who are supporting this coalition. We also have claimants and individuals receiving benefits. Um, Our social media posting with our GoFundMe account has reached over 4,000 people. I've had claimants in a multitude of states who have shared their stories about their struggles or their family members' struggles getting these benefits. It's been an overwhelmingly positive response, and they've all been sharing our GoFundMe posting as well.
1: All right, and I'll, I'll put a link to that in the uh, show notes as well. Have you had any, what, what kind of, you mentioned you've talked to, to representatives. Have you had uh, much success, I mean, with members of Congress, with senators, with representatives? What are they telling you?
2: We had, we've had an excellent success with meeting with members of Congress and senators. We're primarily working with Senator Patty Murray's office. She's the Washington State uh, senator, so she's my local senator. We met with Raquel Crowley, who is one of her team, and she, she discussed with us that Senator Murray's office has actually been tracking this issue for the last year and has been seeing a rise in delayed payments. They already have been assisting me on an individual case-by-case basis to help follow up on payments, but are still being thwarted by Social Security. They view this as a major issue, um, Senator Murray is very well aligned for this because she's the ranking Democrat on the Senate's Appropriations Committee, and that's where this would be tied to. It would be um, writer language tied directly to the funding for 2020 and 2021, and they basically earmarked $100 million for Social Security. Again, I've mentioned this clearing out the backlog concept is actually part of the, the requirement. So it puts us in a really good place to explain that we want them to clear out the backlog too, but the backlog doesn't get cleared out until claims are paid. So they've been really amenable. Our final request to her will go in today, uh, but they've responded to our prior constituent letter. Her team has met with us. Um, any further meetings, unfortunately, are on hold because of COVID-19 right now, but they're working closely with our team. We've also put in requests to Congressman Newhouse, and the Senator um, Maria Cantwell as well, and they're interested in, in continuing to review this and potentially
1: help with this project. What can, and obviously claimants you know, are, are financially probably not able to do very much. Although I think attorneys should should definitely look at this very closely about uh, making contributions to support this. What can claimants do? An individual who is you know who's struggling with this. You mentioned uh, telling their story. What do you recommend that they do? Uh, as far as getting, making, giving these stories out to the right people? Do they send them to you? Do they send them to their representatives, to both? How, how would a claimant participate in, in helping your cause?
2: So my claimants have been fantastic in helping. And the couple things they're doing is, if there are claimants who are online, they have shared some of our messaging on, on social media. So they'll share our GoFundMe, they'll, they'll share our message with others. They also share their stories with me. Um, we are asking representatives to collect those stories because I think it's powerful how many people are really struggling because of this. They can reach out directly to us and contact us on the website and tell us their story as well. Um, but if they, if they feel more comfortable sharing directly with their representative, that's an option too. But the more stories we have, the better.
1: Gotcha. Well, I think certainly, you know, as a claimant's attorney, you know, something I'd never really thought of until I learned about this was to kind of track the amount of time it is taking for people to get paid and then, you know, keeping that in a spreadsheet and and certainly asking my clients to write to, you know, I'm in Georgia, so write to our local senators and representatives about this problem, so that again you keep it at top of mind, because you know, I think that it 's very easy for you know a, a congressperson to ignore an individual story, but if they get fifteen or twenty or fifty it 's going to be a lot harder to ignore, so that actually makes a lot of sense um, so the, the best place to learn about this, I assume is the website um, and tell me a little bit about the website and uh, kind of what the what the purpose of this website is because obviously. It's got a lot of different things on there, opportunity plan, sponsorship. What is your vision? And Rocco, maybe you can uh, uh, talk about this. What is the what is the purpose of the website? What do you see this uh, going forward in the future to, for the website to do for you?
3: Yeah, so the purpose of the website is to have a platform where we can both present the problem and our proposed solution. We also are going to continue to update the website because what we do is we do webinars. And so we, we have a mailing list, so anybody who comes in can sign up for our mailing list. We send out updates to everybody. Part of our value proposition is that we are transparent and we are sharing information as we get it. And so we do webinars and then we take those archived webinars and we can distribute them through the website. And so every time we do something like this, like a podcast, we're gonna link back to the podcast from our website. We're going to talk about these kinds of things in our webinars. And so the purpose of it is for a platform, a central point for people to come to, to get information. Um, And it's essentially that it it becomes the face of our movement is what the purpose is. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Again, it's very well done and it's it's very interesting because, as I said, I mean, this is a problem that I thought maybe I was a little unique in having. Maybe it was just, you know, the Atlanta region was very slow, but obviously this is not. This is something that is a national problem. And, you know, again, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not 100 percent certain that this is uh, not sort of part of the overall plan uh, to, you know, by causing these delays to kind of contribute to the frustration uh, that both claimants and their attorneys have with uh, with representation. So who knows? Who knows? That'll that'll never come out, but that uh, certainly is something that uh, makes me a little concerned. So all right, anything else that people need to know about uh, what you're doing here with the Dis- Disability Benefits Initiative? Have we covered everything? Is there anything else that uh, you'd like to, uh, to say?
3: Well, just a couple of things I'd like to say is that the lobbying is a, obviously a time-consuming and expensive process. Marin and I are funding that we are committed and confident In the outcome of this and what we are looking for are other like-minded firms and individuals right two separate things right firms who wish to be part of this movement to share in the benefit of getting this fixed so that a law firm doesn't have to divide their focus between many other practice areas simply because they're constantly delinquent in one area. We feel that that is a dilution of representation and frankly a really big wrong. Um, in addition and more importantly, we are focusing on claimants, right? Homeless, children, disabled, seniors, getting these people, basically their money paid to them in a timely fashion. And as you said, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a conspiracy going on either, but obviously this is ripe right territory for imagining that kind of thing, which is why our ask in terms of the language that we want codified into law is simply the exact internal policy that they currently have. We're not asking for anything outrageous. They have, the SSA has an internal policy that they're supposed to pay within 60 days. We simply want to see that happen on a regular basis for all claimants and representatives.
1: Absolutely. Well, as Maren said, I think that the, the concept of a backlog you know, is more than just getting to the hearing. It's getting the decision out, which has its own delays, and then getting paid. So the backlog is not just getting to the hearing. I think that's actually a very, very well, very well said as far as that's concerned. Well, listen, I really appreciate uh, both of you taking the time to talk to me, and we will certainly, again, uh, link to all the, uh, to the GoFundMe as well as the website and the show notes, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking again soon.
2: Thank you for your time. You got it. Thank you very
1: much.
0: Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Subscribe to this podcast for regular updates at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this podcast useful, then please give me a five-star review because it helps others see the value of my information. Thank you in advance. For a 100% free and confidential evaluation of your case, visit ssdanswers.com that's ssdanswers.com don't delay act now